The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome once again to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. You know, I have found that when I'm feeling stressed or down about something, or even once I, when I'm handling something that's giving me um, a, a sort of a feeling of pressure, it can really help to do something creative. And in my case, I like to cook. I like to um, create things with my hands. I like to work with paper. Um, if you're like me, there's something about um, painting or woodworking or whatever it is that you do that really soothes you or opens up a new ways of thinking. Um, and, you know, you may not consider yourself to be a handy person or a creative person. Certainly, I know lots of people who would feel like, hmm, this isn't what I do. But today's show is for you too. Um, this is a show today for all of us uh, to come to understand what creativity, but tapping into our own creativity can really do for us. I'm very pleased to welcome the doctors Carrie and Alton Barron to the show. Carrie and Alton are the authors of a wonderful book called The Creativity Cure, a do-it-yourself prescription for happiness. Uh, Dr. Carrie Barron is a psychiatrist and therapist on the clinical faculty of the of Columbia Uni- College of Physicians and Surgeons. Sorry about that. She also has a private practice in New York City. And her husband, Dr. Alton Barron, is an orthopedic surgeon who is currently the president of the New York Society for Surgery of the Hand. Alton has appeared multiple times on CBS Early Show and Each of these doctors has won many professional awards and been published in peer-reviewed journals. They reside in New York City with their family. Carrie and Alton, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kate. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm delighted that you are here because I think that you've really got a piece of what we all will benefit from learning about. You know, your book prescribes, much as a doctor's prescription pad might, a kind of do-it-yourself cure for a variety of afflictions, including anxiety and depression. And that treatment that you're really recommending is creative activity. So I'm wondering if you could start, Carrie, by telling us how you came up with the creativity cure. Sure, sure. Um, you know, um, I've been in practice for a long time, since uh, 1997, um, and over the years, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people in pain who suffer from anxiety and depression, but about, I would say, five years ago, I started to notice that um, in spite of medication or psychotherapy, you know, which can help, I mean, insight's useful, and, and uh, certainly talking in an intimate way and sharing is, is very, very important, but people started to tell me that they 
I had one person tell me that he opened up his toolbox and he fixed something in his apartment and he hadn't done that in 20 years and it made him euphoric. And then somebody else told me that she started knitting and somehow it lifted up burdens, psychological burdens, helped her move her mind around. It seemed to make them feel better. Somebody talked about playing the cello and how that was consoling. So I started to notice it more and more and Alton and I began to talk about it and we... uh, started to think that perhaps the technological saturation that we're all experiencing is creating a need to use your hands as an antidote. And so we noticed that it started to make patients, it seemed to really help people feel better and was, uh, it was just amazing to sort of, to note it and to, um, to, to observe it in people and we learned from that. And then uh, in contrast, uh, I have the, the um, in my practice, I have the patients come to me. I treat upper extremity. I just do shoulder, elbow, and hand. So the patient's upper limbs that provide so much of their livelihood and 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 creative outlets and so forth. I would I see the patients when they come to me with with a loss of function, and they were becoming many of them very depressed, very anxious about that loss of function, both of their livelihood, if they were a musician or a carpenter, but also of the pleasures that they derive. So it was coming from both sides. Hmm. So it's interesting as you say that. I think of my um, now 17-year-old son who last year broke first one foot and then the next, which took oh. him out out of his you know, oh. career as a varsity runner on, on his high school team. And so he's kind of spent the year on crutches and on the couch and pretty got pretty quiet. I think he got pretty yeah. down, you know. So I, I can relate to what you're saying about people who feel like the loss of functioning really affects their outlook you know and in the end he did pretty well but but i um it's interesting to to see how you both observe this through your different practices um so so what did you decide to do um alton as you as you guys figured this out how did you decide that there was a a creative approach that could be the antidote here right well i think through our many conversations of course of course without hip violations we would discuss our patients and kind of offer each other uh, help in from our individual perspectives from our very different um, medical perspectives on what might help those people and so we started kind of putting the stories together and it just started um, sort of gelling into this idea and Carrie's always been I think a, a writer uh, I write scientifically but I don't really uh, write much creatively and um, and so then uh, Carrie was more involved directly in um, thinking about writing a book and so it just came to fruition that way and sort of wrote a proposal and, and that's how it came about mm-hmm. good for you that's great so I'm curious about the research behind this. You know, what does the medical research tell us about why it is that creative activity helps with depression and anxiety? Well, we, we, when we did the research, we, it was just very exciting that people were out there, um, you know, who, who had worked on this and, and found out. For example, Dr. Kelly Lambert, um, who is a neuroscientist, uh, had found that purposeful hand use, meaningful hand use, which... She defines uh, as anything from really vacuuming with thoughts of your loved ones in your mind such that you're tending to their space or cooking for them, um, using your hands in a purposeful way to do something like that, domestic or to fix something or to create create anything from a painting to a collage to uh, 
anything that makes your heart move or your mind move really did a lot for mood. Hand use elevated mood. And um, then found, we found some very interesting research from NIH from Dr. Charles Lim, who I believe is a neurosurgeon. Um, he had tested jazz musicians and found that when they played, um, when they improvised, as opposed to playing rote renditions of pieces, uh, it stimulated pleasure centers in the brain. So there's something about exploring novelty, imp- improvisation, risk, uh, sort of pushing through new doors that, that makes people feel good. Right. And then uh, Dr. Andrew Brink, uh, through his research, uh, basically came up with the idea that creativity in making things is the original antidepressant. That was a quote mm. from him. Yeah. yeah. And mm. then... Um, and then we found um, research on handwriting, for instance, and how critically important that is to stimulating the brain and the differences between just typing at a keyboard, uh, not, not creatively, not if you're doing creative writing, that's different, but if you're just uh, writing, uh, they looked at the kids and they put electrodes on their, on their brains and they had one set of kids uh, handwriting in cursive and another set typing into a keyboard the same paragraph and the brain activity the somatosensory cortical activity in their in their higher cortex was profoundly greater when they were handwriting cursively Mm. than when they were typing into the keyboard and so there was just more and more it seems a never-ending supply of great research done by many many great people around the country um, and world uh, who have um, who really support dramatically these clinical observations we were making. And also, I have to say that just from a personal perspective, both of us have dabbled in writing. As, as a kid, I used to write in a journal and then use watercolors on one side of the page and dabble in that. So I think that um, we both had, you know, we weren't established in, in these fields, but we had played uh, with artistic media, and it was really, uh, we could, it made sense to us. Made sense to us that that could make you feel better. Certainly, and yeah, my past—I grew up in the country, actually, on a farm, and so we were making and building everything all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, it was—it it certainly, I think, served me very well later. Well, you know, it sounds like it—you it, it, know, your—you know, your discovery of of this and sort of assembling it into, you know, first a set of observations and then research and then sort of this body of work. It it harks back to sort of age-old wisdom, but I think in the modern context, it, it has the uh, feeling of a revelation, yeah, you know, yeah, that's right, that's but we right. forgot, yeah, we you know, we forgot right. about this. Right, we forgot, and, and we have, I think, with that, Carrie referred to it, um, I refer to it as technological supersaturation, when there's so much coming at us from without, so much information from all our different devices and all the different media, it is hard to be generative, as generative from within, and to create and think originally from within. And we know that using your hands meaningfully stimulates new pathways and and reignites pathways in our brains that that were dormant. And we need that desperately. Or it's undirected thinking. I think when, you know, while there's such a richness uh, on, on the Internet and so many things that we can do with technology... Boredom, downtime, not really having anything to do that you know, some of us experienced in youth allowed us to go deeper in, into our own imagination and our own lives and sort of have discoveries that came not from being a spectator so much unless you were in nature and observing trees and so forth, uh, whatever was around you, but um, there's 
there's something very special that you get when you're bored and when things are not available to you. Special kind of experience that you can have with your mind. Well, I think that that this point about, you know, we're oversaturated and maybe overbooked and, you know, farther and farther away from the kind of um, space and, um, you know, um, tactile experiences that you're really describing here. And I know we're going to take a break in just a moment here, but I wonder if before we do that, um, Carrie, if you could just tell us the five steps of the creativity cure as kind of a preamble to what we'll talk about in the next segment. Sure. Uh, Insight, movement, mind rest, your own two hands, and mind shift. So we can talk a little bit about what what each one of those means if we have have a minute. Um, Insight is Mm self-knowledge. Movement is exercise. Mind rest is hanging out, being bored, having leisure, doing nothing. Your own two hands is... Mm-hmm. Engaging in all those activities that we talked about. It can be anything from cooking to art to fixing. And then mind shift is what happens when you have a deeper experience uh, that those four other uh, steps provide. Your mind will shift to a more elevated place often. You might experience flow, which is being very absorbed in something engaging, um, which can actually create euphoric moments. Not you can't maintain euphoria, but you might have peak moments as a result of the other four steps. You know, it's it's great to hear you go through those five steps. And you know what I particularly am enjoying about you know th- hearing you talk about each of them is is that you know a lot of times people think about creativity and they kind of immediately go to using my hands, you know, and actually that's only one part of it. Um, this is Kate Ebner. You are listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and my guests today, Drs. Carrie and Alton Barron, are talking about the creativity cure. We're going to resume our conversation in just a moment after this break. Please stay with us. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. 
Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. We do want to hear from you, so if you want to email us or give us a call, we can take it live during the show. Um, I'm Kate Ebner, and I'm here today with Dr. Carrie Barron and Dr. Alton Barron. Carrie's a psychiatrist and therapist, and Alton is an orthopedic surgeon who focuses on the hand and upper extremities. He's been a surgeon for the New York Philharmonic Orchestra and the Metropolitan Opera for more than a decade. Together, they're the authors of the book, The Creativity Cure, a do-it-yourself prescription for happiness. We're going to spend some time now talking about the five steps of the cure and how it actually works. So before the break, Carrie, you were explaining the five steps of the cure, their insight, movement, mind rest, your own two hands, and mind shift. So let's take them one at a time. Um, What's important about each step and how do you do it? Let's start with um, insight. Insight is is a a form of self-knowledge, and I think that probably the easiest way to achieve insight is to write. Um, You don't have to be a good writer. um, You don't have to be accomplished, and you don't even have to write full sentences or anything that's beautiful. It's really a way of talking to yourself and going deeper within and being able to let your mind go and let your feelings come out on the page so that you can understand things. You know, pe- people say, I write to understand, I write mm-hmm. to try to figure out what I think. And I think that's really, you don't have to be a writer or any kind of professional to have that experience. And I think it can be very useful. Insight is great because when you know yourself, you make better decisions. <laughs> and that's in professionally and personally. And it can be profound in terms of the effect on your life. Mm-hmm. So with insight, what, what I'm hearing you say is that um, you know, sort of some elements of it are to, to allow yourself the time and space to pause and do this reflective writing. And, you know, one way that I like to do it is I like to ask myself a question and, and then answer it on the page. Is that the kind of thing you mean? That's wonderful. Or um, you can even uh, free associate, you know, have free thoughts in association to a memory and uh, an image, something that happened that day, even a conflict that you might have had with a coworker or a conflict that you're having with your boss. Anything like that, if you write about it and you don't have to show anybody, it can be transformative. It can make you feel better. It can help you sort it out. It can help you see the pros and cons. It might help you figure out a solution to how to interact with that person mm-hmm. um, or manage that problem. So that's, it's very useful insight. Yeah, and I think that a significant component of insight, as, as it can be gleaned intuitively from that, is receptivity. And the receptivity and, and a, a willingness to really look inside yourself, obviously, is a fundamental part of insight. But, but having that receptivity to where you, as you're engaged in all these activities, you're really feeling what the effects are on you, and the both negative and positive. 
Great point. Thank you very much for that. Is there anything else that, that we should say about insight as a step? Well, is it I, enough to just... I was, well, I guess I, my mind went to the question, you know, is it enough to just do this and allow yourself to receive whatever comes from it? Is that really what, it's, what it is? Or is there anything else that somebody should consciously be doing here? Well, I think it, it is exactly what you just articulated. But also, I think people who have to be very formulaic and efficient in their professional lives and, you know, people who are talented at, at getting the job done and, and staying focused um, often do very well, and that's wonderful. What we have to do is let ourselves not know the answers, be puzzled, be a little confused. It's not wasting time to do this. Even you, know, you can take 10 or 15 minutes a day to do this um, because it can really free up some things that can be turned into great productivity later. Great, thank you. That's that's wonderful to to hear you on this subject. And and so the second step is um, is movement. This is something that um, we did a show earlier in the year, setting an intention for the year. And movement is part of my intention for the year. So I'm especially interested in hearing what you have to say about movement. Um, Alton, do you want to take this one first? Sure. Um, you know, we fundamentally uh, we are. Uh, our joints, our muscles from a basic physiologic level need to move. We must move to to keep them healthy. So from a purely physiologic standpoint, from a purely health standpoint, we need to move. But there are so many other benefits to that movement and to that physical activity, and it can take any form. I mean, I love to run. I run marathons, but it, it's absolutely not necessary. Walking and standing while you're working instead of sitting down while you're working, all of these have been shown to be critically important to our both physical health but also our cognitive health. And recent studies have actually shown that, that physicality and physical activity is the best antidote um, for uh, Alzheimer's, um, not mental games, even though it's important to do work puzzles and so forth, that it's actually the physical activity that is the best antidote to that. And so, so it's, it's critically important. Then if you're exercising even more vigorously, you get those added biochemical benefits that come through. Most people know about beta endorphins, these internal hormones that we produce in greater quantities when we are exercising. But there are all a myriad other uh, biochemical um, uh, substances that we produce that elevate our mood and make us feel better. And on both and, and even be pain relievers. We produce endocannabinoids, which is a, a, a derivative of um, of what is found in marijuana, which is can be a painkiller. And so, mm-hmm. so all of these are critically important. Physicality is fundamental to our psychological, cognitive, and physical well being. And creativity, because a lot of times when people are engaged, whether it's yoga or running or walking, their mind goes free. And I've had many people tell me that they've solved problems that way, they've felt better about things. You know, it, it's, it's very good for the psyche and mood. Yes, and Carrie has talked much about creative capacity, and everyone has that. But the mm-hmm. physical exertions and the using our hands and our bodies enhances that creative capacity that everyone has at baseline. Let your mind float and come up with solutions often. Wow, that's great. How about the next one, mind rest, Carrie? It seems like you're, you're sort of transitioning into this idea, so go ahead. Yeah, it's 
so hard for us, for so many people now, to be still and to at least to have whatever, a Sabbath or a day of leisure or Sunday rest or whatever it was, and that was just built into the culture and built into life. And I think now people work around the clock, and um, that can really take a toll. It can create a lot of stress, um, anxiety, disorganization, a feeling of confusion, despair, feeling overwhelmed, all those things. So... It's hard for us to stop because we can keep working all the time. There's always so much to catch up on. But if we can allow ourselves a break, uh, whether it's 20 minutes a day, you know, two hours a week, whatever you can do to just do nothing, um, it's really important physiologically and um, and psychologically, uh, you know, uh, Herbert Benson, uh, a Harvard cardiologist, wrote the relaxation response, and he he talked about you know how we can lower heart rate and blood pressure and reduce stress through stillness or through quiet activities, which leads us into the next uh, step, but through knitting and so forth. So we need that quiet time. And if you, you want know, to say anything I, about that, I think one thing is yeah. important is yeah. it's very clear that mind. Mind, we can achieve mind rest through meditation, through this very quiet, uh, detached, detaching, unplugging. Uh, but some of us uh, need to keep moving, and you can mm-hmm. still achieve mind rest with movement. And that's how these overlap sometimes, is that uh, Carrie's very good at identifying when I am uh, on the brink of over, over stress, and she'll say, just you go out, go for a walk, take 10 minutes, just go out and, and move around. And that's what I do. And, and there are also even, even using your hands in a relatively rote manner, just washing the dishes. I love to wash the dishes. It's actually meditational for me to do a relatively mindless task. There's water flowing through my hands, and there's that tactile component to it, and it relaxes me. It calms mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you can't sit still and meditate, a lot of people have trouble sitting still. If you walk and repeat a mantra, repeat a poem, re- repeat a phrase, something that comforts you, a, a prayer, you know, whatever it is that that calms you down might be your way of practicing meditation and mind rest. Great, thank you. You know, what you're saying reminds me of some of the advice of the Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, who I think even offers us a meditation for doing the dishes. So do you, do you tap into his work oh, at all? Oh, we need to do that, yeah. Yeah, you, would really, you really are speaking his message as well. Um, how about, we just have a couple more minutes, of course, but we just have a couple more steps. So let's talk about um, your own two hands. Well, uh, sure, I'll, I'll start, but you have much to say about it as well. Um, I, you know, I think the, the most important thing I can say from a scientific basis is for us to realize that, for everyone to realize that 60% of our higher cortical activity, our brain surface area, the, the somatosensory cortex, 60% of that is devoted to our hands. And historically, in our society and culture, we all were in the manufacturing sector. Gradually, we became more of a service sector. Now, some in the service sector are uh, being baristas and so forth, and that's great for hand use. There's a lot of meaningful hand use going on, but there's a lot of us who have ceased to use our hands in meaningful ways. But it's our, it's our anatomic intent. It is fundamental to our core, that using our core intelligence and cognitive well-being, that using our hands stimulates the largest portion of our brain. And making yeah. stuff just feels good. It feels good. I mean, I think everybody kind of knows that intuitively, but as you pointed out, Kate, before, that 
we never had to think about it before because it was so much part of life. You had to make your own pie crust or you had to build your own fence. But because so much can be bought and so much can be ordered with a click, we're, we're sort of depriving ourselves of that experience that creates a richness and a peace and a sense of pride. Um, and, you know, we get this question a lot. Why should, I, why should I make my own sweater and spend X amount of dollars on the wool when I can go to Target and buy one for $2 or $5 or whatever? Is mm-hmm. a good question. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. valid. It's valid, but, 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 but it's really it's for our, our, uh, critical to our well-being. It's, it's the mind. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, is it possible to talk about the mind shift in about a minute, and then we'll take a break? Sure. Well, we, I think we've covered it, you know, because yeah. when you're deeply absorbed in a task, you, can, you might be able to experience something called flow. This is, exp- this is accessible to everyone. Whether When you're deeply interested in something, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be solving a problem, a mathematical problem, or a, um, it could be painting a painting. It could be... Repairing something. Yeah, or painting a, a wall. Um, when, you, when you're really absorbed in it, sometimes you daydream or you giggle or you remember something uh, or you invent something, and that, that's mind shift. That's when your mind is taken to a higher place. That's the best part of living. I love that. It's a great def- description of that experience of finding yourself, um, you know, losing all track of time is, I think, one symptom of, of this yeah. experience of flow and, and mind shift. You know, um, right now we're going to take our next break, but I want everybody to know that you're listening to Dr. Carey and Dr. Alton Barron. We're actually learning a lot about the creativity cure, which is the subject of their book, which I've read it. I've used it. It's excellent. So when we come back, we're going to continue to learn from them. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. 
listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back once again. This is Kate, and I'm talking with Dr. Carey and Dr. Alton Barron, and we're talking about the creativity cure. You know, if you would like to stay up to date with announcements about upcoming radio show guests, learning about resources related to the topics we talk about on this show, and we write an article about each of the shows that we do, if you want to kind of follow along, please feel free to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It's called Visionary Leader. You can do that at nebocompany.com. So, Carrie and Alton, I've really enjoyed talking about these five steps of the creativity cure with you, and I would love to sort of bring it to life if we could. You know, would you be able to tell us um, a story or two about people who have used this approach and found that it helped them in some way? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've had people who've uh, gone through traumatic experiences. You know, it, it might be a divorce or... Um, a child that's not well or, or something like that. And I think that, um, you know, it, the, the steps can be very useful for moving. You can't change the reality sometimes of your life, but you can move your mind to a different place. Um, you know, Shakespeare said nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So, um, you know, I had, I had a patient um, who'd gone through a traumatic experience um, the death of a parent, and um, it had been a long, very painful process over several years, and uh, she had been very close to this this father. And so, um, you know, what what she found was that um, it, it, using insight, writing about it, and sort of entering the trauma and writing about him and writing about the trauma was very useful for a certain kind of relief, it doesn't take the pain away, but it helps you live with it and digest it and sort of ter- transform it into something outside the self that feels more manageable. There's there's a whole um, kind of philosophy about taking the inner life and putting it into the outside world that can be therapeutic. So that was the inside part of it. And I think Alton can speak to this too with many, many patients, but um, and I think... It, we all know that that exercise and movement can do wonders for for mood, and so you know I always encourage my patients to. I always want to find out if they're exercising or what they do, and um, really try to prescribe that. Um, and uh, I remember one person that I saw. We, we trained in Louisiana, and I remember one person that um, I was treating out in Raceland, Louisiana, which was. Uh, a Cajun community, mm-hmm. and he uh, he drove a truck and um, had experienced some difficulties with his child and was on antidepressants. But I remember talking to him about movement. He was a very physical guy, you know, muscular and, and robust, and he started running. He started running, and it was just, you know, he was sort of shocked or surprised that um, it was as helpful to him as it was. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if you want to jump in on that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was an interesting 
a patient that I had that is a professional singer, and she had a bad rotator cuff tear. She couldn't lift her arms, but she couldn't perform. And I fixed it, and she was very distraught, very anxious about not being able to perform and actually make her living and so forth. And she recovered fully and was great. And then uh, when I saw her for the last time, she brought me a, a, a bag that had in it a, um, a bowl, a, a pottery bowl. And I thought, oh, she had made this. And she said, uh, she'd forgotten to leave a note and she left a message that please call her and discuss it with her. So I eventually did speak with her and she said, you know, my dad made that. He's a retired internist with Parkinson's. He's down, mm. he's down, he lives down south and he has started doing pottery and it has completely elevated his mood and it actually helps him physically overcome uh, and, and deal with the Parkinson's as well as mentally and psychologically feeling productive. So it was serving multiple health benefits. Yeah. And um, great, another, great. Another, another patient I had was a young woman who came in. She had, had a, a baby who was born with a neurological problem, and she was spending all of her time taking the child to uh, doctor's appointments and physical therapy appointments, occupational therapy appointments. And her husband worked and was working excessively, and basically she was alone with this. She had been a, a three-letter varsity athlete in high school, had played various sports in college, and had lost all physicality. When I saw her, her complaints were bilateral upper limb, hand, arm, forearm pain. It was just pain, nondescript. She didn't have anything physiologically wrong except was having a strain and was manifesting her strength, stress and tension in her body from all this psychological stress and this deconditioning that was going on because she was not tending to herself. And she didn't need me. She needed Carrie more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I, I, I saw the despair in her eyes, and I asked her, are you exercising at all? And she broke down crying. Mm-hmm. And I said, you've got to do that. You've just got to get back out, start moving your body. You're, I know you're dedicating your life to your baby, but you deserve some time too. Get a, you, your husband's working hard. Get a babysitter for two hours a day and start exercising again. And I think that sort of plays into another part of this, which is guilt. People feel very guilty oh, yeah. if, they, if they practice self-care, especially in this day and age. If they stop and they just don't deal with whatever's on their plate, there, there can be a lot of guilt. But I, I had someone who worked so hard, I mean, barely slept, and then she just collapsed crying. She said she stayed on the bed for two days. She couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But actually, after that two days of mind rest, of sort of doing nothing, of, of I wouldn't exactly call it leisure, but just letting herself check out, she was renewed in some way. She mm-hmm. cried. She moved through things in her mind, but she was renewed and much more able to take it on. Again, right. wow, and, and that's a Carrie great. has remarked uh, very personally. Carrie, I lost my sister to cancer after a long battle, and Carrie yeah. would remark that she wouldn't know where I was. It was during this tumultuous time, and uh, she would find me out sweeping, and I would just go out and be sweeping the garage and the, the garage. driveway. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just a big move. sweeper. Sweeping <laughs> is somehow uh, uh, very, uh, very uh, therapeutic. I like sweeping too, but Alton, you sound like you're a very handy man to have around the house between the dishwashing and <laughs> well, the sweeping. This is good. Well, I, I love these enough. examples, and I and I I think that um, I think that as you're talking about it, what really comes to me is um, the holistic approach that you each take from your discipline. You know, Carrie, whether it's you, you know, working with someone who's experiencing depression and thinking about the physical aspect. Um, how to how to support them in that, or whether it's you, Alton, talking about the person who comes with the physical issue, but actually has a, a spiritual or emotional need, and this is a this is a real 
uh, boon to the patients and I think a real gift to all of us that the two of you are in the partnership that you're in thinking this way and bringing this work forward. Um, and I'm curious, you know, you, you were talking about the benefits of this, which are so um, profound across the whole of a person's life, you know, whether it's at work or at home or with, grappling with an illness. And I wonder, you know, what do you think is the risk for our culture and for our society if we if we don't pay attention to this? Wow. Uh, well, you've you've kind of touched on the the trajectory of the book and kind of our um, uh, feelings about this. I mean, we really do feel, and we have certainly met with and spoken with other people, that this is a public health crisis. Uh, uh, we've met with the New York Hall of, uh, Hall of Science about this, and the, the technological supersaturation. Technology is great. I'm an engineer. I love technology. Carry benefits from it every day. But we've we've removed ourselves from our bodies, and we're no longer honoring our anatomic intent, and that ultimately is going to lead to all of these problems. And it already has. There's an escalation of anxiety and depression and so forth in our culture. It, and the obesity, I mean, we have, that's what I was about to get to, is we have true health problems that are coming from a lack of physicality and a lack of, of insight to this problem, such that we have increased uh, obesity, we have increased diabetes, we have increased osteoporosis. And I'm talking about in kids. I'm not talking about adults. You know, the adults our age um, who spent time like you did in the Adirondacks and our parents mm-hmm. who grew up in a different era, they know this. They know they need to keep moving. My dad's 90 and still does all of his home repairs at home and because they know this. And we... We know that it combats the anxiety, the depression, the ADD, the nature deficit disorder that was um, uh, Lou spoke about, and loneliness. All of these things are so critically important, and we're losing that. And this is—it's it, truly at this point a public health crisis. I think. I think also, um, you know, cerebral advancement is great, of course. I mean, we want that, and, and technology really encourages all kinds of information gathering and and a lot of cerebral activity, but. Um, you also need undirected attention. Your mind needs directed attention and undirected attention, focus and non-focus. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're losing is that time of non-focus, which is what allows us to relax and the blood pressure to go down and so forth. So um, it, we, we do consider it a public health crisis that being a spectator all the time requires a certain kind of cerebral engagement, but... The physical engagement of doing it yourself is also very important, and there are a lot of there's a lot of do it yourself now and uh, the maker movement and all that, which is absolutely crucial and, and really wonderful, and we really love that because um, and we try to encourage people to get involved in those things because you can really get swept away with with too much um, and I you know kids are being pushed now too to accumulate facts and do better on SATs and they really need that playtime really. Uh, tinkers make better thinkers. There's actually yeah, good yeah. on that. Tinkers so, make better thinkers. Yeah. Well, there's there's good data to show. They they did a study looking at uh, award-winning scientists, scientists, and they were trying to find that common denominator so they could tell all the parents what 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 traits in your kids to stimulate. <laughs> no, I don't know why they were doing this. Study, but <laughs> in any case, um, the Ruth Bernstein couple, the, the Robert and Michelle Ruth Bernstein, did that research. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the single common denominator that they found among all these award-winning scientists was they were all tinkerers. They all had workshops where they did little various projects. Nice. And and so innovations can actually come from this these these uh, just 
day-to-day tinkering activities that actually, again, stimulate, peak our senses and stimulate our minds in crucial ways. But one thing we've left out that's so critical to the public health crisis component is that so many of us now are living a significant portion of our lives in, in a virtual mode and virtual lives, whether it be mm-hmm. on social media and so forth. And we really need to maintain that community feel and that those face-to-face human touch interactions. Human touch is so critical. Looking people yes. in the eyes and hearing yes. the intonations, all of that is so critical to what we believe. Well, you know, we're going to pick up right there when we come back from our final break. Um, This is Kate Ebner. I'm talking to doctors Carrie and Alton Barron about the creativity cure, and we're getting right into it. We're going to we're going to start there when we get back in just a second. We'll be right back. Up to date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hi, this is Kate, and thank you for being with us today. I hope that, like me, you're getting some inspiration and some ideas from this conversation I'm having with Carrie and Alton Barron, the authors of The Creativity Cure, A Do-It-Yourself Prescription for Happiness. You know, I wanted to pick back up where we left um, off there, Alton, talking about technology and the implications of that for us and how The Creativity Cure can help. Would you like to start us off? Sure. I think that... um Fundamentally, um, it, it's all about balance, and we are, I think, imbalanced at this point. Many of us are. Uh, balance in technology, there are wonderful uh, 
benefits, um, numerous benefits to technology that we all benefit from on a day-to-day basis. But we have to have the capacity, the insight first, and then the capacity to actually unplug, to actually detach and tend to our bodies and our minds in a different way and to our relationships in a different way. I mean, the texting is great and efficient and so forth. I use it all the time, but it's not the same as talking to someone and speaking to them. So mm-hmm. we need to make sure we've set aside those times. There's a, you know, a, a, not a joke, but a, I heard the story that I'm sure many people know where there, there are group of people, it's a little bit of a game, a group of people go out to dinner and uh, they all put their smartphones in the middle of the table and the first person who is compelled to answer or, or grab it and look at something has to pay the bill. Ah. And, you know, and I think that's useful. It's, it's a metaphor for what we do and what we don't set aside for ourselves and for our relationships and our loved ones. And, um, and so I think it's critical, critical that we balance with physicality, the movement and the mind rest and detach and unplug from our devices and from our dependency on them so that we can maintain our physical and, and psychological health. Mm, that's a great, that, that's great. And it's especially important, I think, for people raising kids. I look at my teenagers with their cell phones and I'm always asking them, why are you smiling at your phone? You know, there's, <laughs> there's somebody yeah. out there texting or Instagramming right. or something, but really, what about the rest of us in the room? You know, so it's, right. it's, it's interesting to see how much of us can go right into the technology and, and how sometimes we miss what's happening around us. Um, so I, I want to, um, ask you, you know, in the book, you, ask, you write about a happiness strategy of sorts, and that's increasing habits that lead to moments of happiness rather than pursuing happiness as a constant state or a sort of a nirvana state that one can achieve. And for most of us, you know, this happiness seems so elusive. Really curious to hear more about this strategy of, you know, increasing the habits that lead to moments of happiness. Tell us more. Well, you know, when you do discover something that's very interesting to you or you do solve a problem, your creativity, one definition of creativity is, if nothing else, this is according to Brian Aldiss, a writer, um, if nothing else, it's a solution to a problem. So that can create a peak moment for you. Having a wonderful conversation with a close friend or relative can create a peak moment for you. It's remembering and noting what those small moments are in living that make us feel good. And that's really what we're trying to help people do if they can sort of practice this kind of as a philosophy of life. You may not be able to spend two hours a day or twenty, even 20 minutes a day practicing the steps, but if you're aware of the steps, it might make you change, it might help you make decisions, different kinds of decisions about how to spend your time, who to spend your time with. Um, when you have insight, you might become clear that someone who's a friend isn't really a friend, and you might want a different kind of friend, or a relationship isn't really working for you. It's amazing how we can be in denial for a long time about things that are making us unhappy. Mm-hmm. So one of, one of the... Um, side benefits to the whole thing is when you have self-awareness, it can just lead you into life decisions that overall are better for you and the people around you, too. Great. Yeah. The kids, for example. And that's what I was going to, I was going to uh, extrapolate that to our kids. So we make these, we hopefully make these decisions for ourselves and have that insight to make them for ourselves, but we also have to make them for our children. And Sir Ken Robinson said, we are all born creative and then are educated out of it. And he's an incredibly erudite speaker and, and, uh, educator. and educator. And, uh, um, 
And so we, I think, also need to be aware. Carrie and I are well aware that we're very busy, and I, despite being, as you said, handy uh, around the house, I don't do enough of that because I am very busy. I'm a full-time orthopedic surgeon and, and so forth. And one thing we do is we take advantage of my parents, and uh, in a good way. <laughs> but uh, we send the, the kids come to Austin and um, and spend time, and they will go out with my parents, and they will go out on the lake, find an old piece of driftwood that's all dirty, and covered, and they'll clean it off, and they'll come into the workshop, and they will sand it down, they'll lacquer it, they will make a little base for it with a router, and they'll put it together, and they they've made now I don't know how many of these they've made, but it's a whole day project. It includes a picnic. It includes walking around on the rocks. It includes exploring. It includes time together and just the quiet downtime that's so important. And the point of that story is take advantage of the people who are have more time, more free time. Take advantage of the parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whomever, to help your kids with this process and, re, and re-educate them on the values of these hand activities and these downtimes and mind restful type of activities. It's so important. Oh, that's great. Great advice. That's really great advice. And, you know, we only have, amazingly, this hour has flown by. We just have three more minutes. But I'd love to to pick up on this idea of advice, you know, for those who are listening today thinking, okay, I get it. I understand these five steps, and I really want to to start this. What do you think is a good way to begin? Pick up a journal that you and a pen that you like the feel of. If you like the feeling of paper and and the smell of a journal, you know, do that. If not, open up um, a journal on your laptop or, or whatever you use your iPad, and go ahead and start writing. Just it could be anything. Just it could be the same sentence twenty times. Doesn't matter. Or just write poems that you you know collect poems that you love or prayers that you love. Doesn't even have to be your own writing, and then you can associate to it you can write what you think about that poem or what you think about that song lyric. So that's one way. That would be insight. Movement, walk, 10 minutes a day, whatever you can do. Watch, you know, it was wonderful to hear that, you know, people exercise when they uh, listen to your your, uh, okay. your podcast. That's a great way. Just put on your favorite TV show or your podcast and um, do some sit-ups. That's, you know, that's, that's movement. Um, nice. Multitasking is still okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's good. We have to we have to start somewhere, right? We have to maybe make some of these things fit together. But it's uh, you know I love I love these ideas and also your encouragement for people to write without worrying about an audience for the writing. In other words, write for yourself. Yeah. Don't worry about somebody reading it or somebody judging it. You know that's that's really what I hear you saying. And and I also remember Carrie, your point again and again in the show has been undirected writing, undirected yeah. time, so that you're not. Um, Doing something that where you're you're forcing yourself to an exercise, but actually letting yourself see what comes. Right, and don't feel guilty about not being "quote unquote" productive all the time. We have to not Mm -hmm. be productive sometimes. Mm -hmm. We've been asked by people, uh, "What, what, what do I do? I'm not creative, and and so forth." And and I and what we say is, is think back to your childhood or a simpler time, perhaps, Mm -hmm. and just anything that you remember really brought you great pleasure. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and and go back to that as a starting point. Walking mm-hmm. on the beach, walking mm-hmm. in the park, whatever. It's a mm-hmm. start. Fantastic. You know, yesterday on the plane, I met a woman who said, I'm creative in lists. She was telling me about how making lists and working with them is her creative vehicle. And like, that could be you, listener. (laughs) Or do it in different colors, you know, do it to make it interesting, the writing or the font or whatever, make beautiful lists. 
Fantastic. know, that, that can right. be a way to make it creative. Well, calligraphy well, is a very great, I mean, not yeah. that's an extrapolation, but a, a calligraphy yeah. is a very great stimulant. Well, I think these ideas, we're clearly bubbling with ideas here as we think about this. And, you know, I, my best advice I can give all of you is to go out and get this book. It is fantastic, and you'll find the answers to all your questions. Um, I really want to say thank you, um, Drs. Carey and Alton Barron, for joining me today. It's just been such a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kate. We've, uh, we've really feel honored to be able to be part of it, and um, it's been great to talk to you. This has been fantastic. It's, uh, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, have a great day, each of you, and a great week for those listening. You too. Take care. Too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 